If you will, open up to Proverbs, the 19th chapter. Proverbs, the book of wisdom. If you want to be wise, read your Bible, look at Proverbs. And uh, Proverbs is the book of being wise. You know, I didn't know there was a difference between knowledge and wisdom when I was growing up. Even when I first became a Christian, I thought, what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? And what's the difference between understanding? You know, aren't they all interchangeable? And I didn't realize that wisdom was what makes you skillful to apply knowledge or to do things in an effective way. So if you've got a business and you're struggling, turn and read the book of Proverbs. Amen? The Bible's full of stuff. It'll tell you, you can learn from a fool's ways. A wise man will. In other words, you don't have to repeat the same things that somebody else who's failing, you know, we, instead of doing what they do, we can learn and go, don't do that. Uh-uh, not going there. And the book of Proverbs has tremendous wisdom in it. As a matter of fact, uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, one of the guys, you know, Solomon said, Lord, I, I don't want money because the Lord said, what do you want? He said, I don't want money. He said, I just want wisdom to, to be able to rule over your people. And the Lord said, because you didn't ask for money, I'm going to give you money. But what is interesting is how did he give him money? The Bible said, Riches are in the hand of wisdom. In other words, if you get wisdom, you can learn how to have money in your life. Oh, great. We're at church and they're talking about money. Did you ever notice it takes money to get here? Amen. In some way or another, because if you don't buy those clothes and don't have clothes, you get in trouble for walking down the street. Some people will get that on the way home. Oh, I, I know what he's talking about. But, you know, in life, we need wisdom. Wisdom is a huge thing. And all you're getting, the Bible said, get wisdom. So Proverbs, the 19th chapter, we're going to read a verse here. But actually, what we're going to talk about is why kindness? Somebody might think, I don't need to hear about that. And, um, but maybe we do. Proverbs 19 Verse 22 says this, What is desired in a man is kindness. One translation says, What makes a person or a man desirous is kindness. You could say it this way, uh, People desire people or will open up to people who are kind, and people who are unkind people will close off to them. You know, if two people are in a relationship and they're not kind to one another, do the people want each other? Hey, this is not too hard. It's like, ah, because why? Kindness is desirable. Isn't that what it said? What is desired? You could say kindness is desirable. So, but where does kindness come? It comes from God, but it also comes through people. People like me and people like you. And here's the thing. I can't do anything about the world, whether they're kind or not. I know this. The world does not serve God. And so I can't look at other people and go, man, I wish they were, they were kind. There's a scripture that talks about how God shows kindness to the world, but they don't reciprocate back to him. They don't give kindness back to him, but he shows kindness. And so we need to realize kindness is, is, has a huge, huge value. And if it says here, notice this, what is desired in a man? You know, people look for qualities in people. And one quality that people look for is kindness. Then it says after, and a poor man is better than a liar. But isn't it true that the world's concept about some of these things could be wrong? Some people say, no, what's desired is, is a person with money. But really, he puts it this way, 
he said, better to be poor than a liar. In other words, character and attributes are greater than riches. Amen? I mean, if you were going to hang around with people over a long period of time, what kind of people would you like? You would like honest people, but you would sure like kind people. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, it, it was amazing to me. I grew up around a family that when we would go there and all the uncles would come together, there weren't all these fights and everything. Everybody was kind. Then I remember when I became an assistant pastor and the pastor talked about the culture he grew up in where you go to your family and get a, have a big gathering and it's like a fight. And people aren't kind and I was like, Serious? Then the longer I've lived, the more I was, um, I've been amazed that, that people aren't always kind. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are acting surprised. Hey, I've been to Walmart. <laughs> I've been to the parking lots. End of sermon. What is desired in a parking lot? That's just me with my own translation. Kindness. Proverbs 11, so if, if kindness, and here's the thing that you need to know about kindness. Kindness is actually, you know, kind, or kindness, it's, it's the action of being kind, is, is an attribute of God's very own nature. Love is patient, love is kind. And so, we could say this, for a Christian... We know that God is God and He's all-powerful and strong and mighty, but He's also kind. It's a very attribute of His nature. The devil is not kind. He's ruthless. He'll want to torment. He's not a good guy. Even though God is all-powerful, we need to understand kindness is to be desired. If you're not sure how to have friends and build a relationship with people, be kind. Be kind. Amen? This used to be a big word in society. Remember, be kind and rewind? Some people have no idea what they're talking about. What is he talking about? Back in the day when I walked in the snow to school, we had... no. Be kind and rewind. But do people emphasize kindness? And, and if it is something that the world and people are looking for, regardless if people realize they're looking for it, they're looking for kindness. It is something that people open up to, and it is something when it's not used, people close up to it. Are you with me? If people don't know God is actually has a very strong aspect of kindness, how many people only know one aspect of God and they think, uh-oh, if I do something wrong, I don't want to see Him. I, I don't want to be around Him. Because they don't think of God as being kind or showing kindness. And so they want to run for the hills. Instead of run back to places where, you know, there's fellowship with other believers, they'll run. I'm doing wrong. Go hide in the bushes. Go find Adam, find Eve, and hide with them. God will still go search you out right there. Why? Because he's kind. And if it's to be desired, then we should realize this, whether people treat us good back or not, kindness is worthy to be given. Amen. So be it. And it's a big thing because we're living in a world that doesn't really uh, think this way. But this is an attribute of God. Turn to Proverbs 11. Proverbs the 11th chapter. The 30th verse said, The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. And then the next part says, And he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. What does that mean? It literally means wins friends or wins people over to themselves. 
If you connect the verse we just read, where it talks about people desire kindness, and uh, then we have wisdom to know that if we give kindness, and you connect this verse, you can win people over to yourself. Some battles will be won by being kind. Amen. Have you ever had to have your way? Or not you, someone else. And they didn't show any kindness, they just stayed there. They won the battle in their own eyes. But like one man said, you know, if you get in a fight with a skunk, you may come away smelling like a skunk even if you win. And if you uh, don't realize it, you know, there are times that in our lives that it would be better served to give kindness, even if we're handing out discipline. We can be kind in the process. Amen? Because kindness is to be desired. And he who is wise will win people over to himself. And if we realize that kindness is a way to win people, man, we, we, we could be uh, gaining ground in life by recognizing, hey, they've done me wrong. Think about wrong perceptions. If humanity is looking for kindness and people uh, see it and desire it, how many of us have been around people who are just genuinely kind people? And they're kind to you. And you just think, I like that. And you know what's cool about it? Is you can turn your back on them and look out here and know they're not going to get you in the back. But the person who's not kind, you don't want to turn your back to them because you might feel the sharp pain. They stabbed me in the back. Kindness is desirable. Kindness is something from God that God would like us to transfer to the world. One another. And realize this, God's ways uh, don't always measure up in human thinking. Because some people think, well, if I'm kind, where's that going to leave me? It will leave you in a good place. It will. Whether you know it or not. I mean, I can do my job, I can, if I'm a boss somewhere, and, uh, or an employee, I can do my job and be kind while doing it, no matter what the job is. I mean, unless you're in the UFC or something. But even those guys, I've seen some of those guys, after they get done fighting, they're over hugging the guy, are you okay? Yeah, you broke my nose, but I'm good. Turn to Jonah. Jonah. Remember that guy? The fish guy? Anybody remember him? He was in the belly of a big fish. It was a real story. Man, I just read an article about a diver who was in, got swallowed by a whale. But this was some fish. But notice this Jonah. Jonah, Micah, Nahum, right back there, you know. Page 814. Jonah is this guy who uh, God wants to transfer something through Jonah to these people. And uh, Jonah doesn't really like the people God wants to do something good in. He's a preacher or a prophet. And he's got some issues himself. You with me? Yuck. Yuck. Wouldn't it be cool if everybody that got saved was perfect in action or people who were called of God were perfect in action and attitude? But we all have to grow. And God uses people. And God wanted to get something through this man to this whole region of people. And uh, this guy didn't want anything to do with it. And it's interesting, you know, because God said, I want you to go to these people and I want you to proclaim to them they need to repent and they need to turn. 
and Jonah didn't like them, so he's like, I'm not going to do it. Verse 1, fourth chapter. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. God wanted him to do something. It displeased him. To the point it grew into anger. Hey, all I'm doing is talking about being kind. He's supposed to reach a whole nation, give this message, and he was displeased and just started, I mean like a coffee pot, you know, or a teapot. I mean, he just started boiling. And all of a sudden that teapot started whistling. He was angry. I mean, he was ticked off. And so he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not what I said when I was still in my country? I'm sorry, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Well, what had happened was he eventually by this time has relented, gone, shared the message, And actually, if you read different translations, he said he went to try to delay what God wanted to do. Isn't it interesting? Even back then, people tried to hinder God's work. And this was a guy who God had called. And he said, I prayed. Wasn't this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarsus. For I know that you are. This is why he didn't want to go talk to these people. Because he knew who God was and how God is and the way God acts. You know what's interesting here is here this guy knew God's character. Knew how God would be. And he said, because I know how God is, I'm not going to obey him. Say what? He, he said, for I know that you are gracious. And I know that you are merciful, God. That you're slow to anger. And abundant in loving, here's the word, kindness. One who relents from doing harm. What had happened was he had this message, hey, uh, you guys repent or else you, judgment's going to come upon you. And God was trying to help them so they didn't enter into this bad place. God doesn't tell us things because he's like, I sure hope they don't do this because I, I want them to have bad in their life. But I think there's some people who think that way. And here he is, he's like, I didn't want to go, I didn't want to tell him, because he knew God's character. Maybe he had proved over his life that where he had missed it, God was gracious. God was great in kindness to him. And he said, I knew you would do this, and I knew if they would repent, you would show them kindness and mercy. Ugh. He wanted them destroyed. Amen. But think about it. This guy didn't want these people who were living wrong to experience God's graciousness, His goodness, and His kindness. God wanted to cause this to come to these people and really come through the channel of this man. But if you read on... Even after, after they had repented and said, we did wrong and started experiencing God's goodness and His kindness and His graciousness, this guy still, he goes up on a hill, if you read the story, and he's like, I'm just going to watch and see if judgment falls on him. He wanted it to happen so bad. You would have thought, that this guy being a messenger or a person that belonged to God, he would want graciousness for people too, because that's what God wanted. You would think he would have wanted to give kindness to people, because that's what God wanted for people. How many of us, if we're not careful, have thought, well, that person doesn't deserve kindness, 
They don't deserve dignity. Look what they've done with their life. Look what they've done. Now, there may be consequences to what they've done and what they're doing, but even still, kindness goes a long way. Especially when we realize the end game of humanity. That life ends, and there's a real heaven, and there's a real hell, whether people believe in it or not. Everybody who dies believes in it. The people who haven't died yet have had to deny it. But it's really there. And we don't want to be harsh on them and go, man, how many times have they heard and didn't obey? Well, I guess probably the good question would be is how many times have we heard something and not obeyed? I want kindness. Anybody else? Anybody else need kindness from the Lord? And kindness literally is goodwill. Goodwill. Why did the Lord come? Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. And you understand that means mankind. So God wants kindness toward mankind. Peace on earth. Goodwill. Or literally kindness. But did the world really deserve the Lord? And they were the ones who crucified him after he came. But isn't it wild just how kind God is and merciful he is? That he keeps trying to give people a way out? He's just, he's just good. So Jonah, being a prophet and one who had a relationship with God, even though he wasn't one that was wanting to share kindness, God was still trying to share kindness. Notice this, Nehemiah. Nehemiah, uh, back toward the front after King's Chronicles, Nehemiah, Nehemiah the ninth chapter, like one man said, he was the shortest guy in the Bible. Nehemiah, right here, seven, I know, I haven't shared that since I was a youth pastor. It's probably a reason. Nehemiah 9, 17. Here's another guy called of God, has a relationship with God. Things have come into his heart. He's supposed to help, you know, do some things. And uh, we see here that in the 17th verse of the ninth chapter, he said, they refused to obey. Actually, if you read the 17th verse, he's going to tell you uh, who these people are that disobeyed. And he was reiterating a story of the children of Israel, how God in his mercy brought them out of Egypt and how they were stiff-necked. That meant they wouldn't turn and go the right way. And it said, and they refused, verse 17, they refused to obey. And they were not mindful of your wonders. They didn't just think about how big and how powerful God was. And how he had done wonderful things for them. That you did among them. And they hardened their neck. And in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. Well, we know that story where the, Moses went up on the mountain and uh, Moses went up there, and they're like, hey, where's the guy who brought us out? And they start worshiping other false gods, and they're like, let's get a leader, and let's go back to the land we came. And God had endeavored to do good in their life. And I know this, if we only hear one side of God, people will get lopsided. They'll think, oh, he's only mushy, or he's just ready to whack you, and that's it. And here it says, they appointed a leader to return to their bondage, or you could say it like this, back to Egypt where they were ruled by slaves. Does anybody really want to go back to where you were held? No, I've found this over the years when people get tempted. Usually the enemy only tempts people and reminds them 
of not the bad that they hated, but only certain aspects. Amen? That is just the truth. He will do that. Oh, just remember how it was, and, but He'll only remind you one part. He won't remind you the part of how miserable it was, how horrible it was. I remember after I gave my life to the Lord, I was serving the Lord, and uh, this girl I had dated in the world came back into my life, and I had heard she got saved, and I thought, oh, wow. And just these thoughts, you should go back out with her. And I remember going, ooh, there's something just not right. And I thought, well, what could be wrong? And the Lord was dealing with me, and then I thought, I only remembered anything good. And I thought, wait a minute, she fought like every day. She would end a fight with the fight. And I thought, I'll never have this. Sometimes we're only reminded of one aspect. And the enemy will do that to try to draw people. And here we see that he, they said, oh, let's go back to bondage. Nobody ever really wants that. Even Elijah in his tough day. You know, the people, he said, I've obeyed you. Nobody else is serving you but me. And then, you know, I'm the only one. The Lord's like, no, there's a bunch of them. And he's like, just kill me. Just having a pity party. Just kill me, Lord. Well, if he wanted to be killed, he wouldn't have ran and hid. There were people chasing him. All he had to do was stop. He would have got killed. Amen. Some people say, oh, I want this or I want to go back. No, they're not looking clear. They're not seeing things from a right perspective. But notice this, let us return to bondage. They didn't really want that. But then it says this, and this is this guy's perception of God and how God treated the children of Israel. But you, God, are ready to pardon. Gracious, merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness. Abundant and kindness, and you and did not forsake them. Isn't that interesting that there's this quality of kindness that's inside of God? And it is a quality that others need. What is to be desired in a person but kindness? The world needs kindness. The cashier needs kindness. The impatient waitress needs kindness. Ow. Ow. Yeah, but they've messed up five times. Let somebody else be their downfall. Amen. Let somebody else take them down. Turn them in. Yeah, they messed up our order ten times. I mean, and I'm not saying you can't say, I don't want this, you know. If you get a burger and it's just not even cooked at all. You could say, at least could you wave a lighter underneath it? No, that wouldn't be being kind. Wait a minute. But you know what I mean. But I'm saying there is a way to approach things in kindness. And there are some times in life it would be just better to, to exercise a little bit of kindness let somebody else take the person down instead of us. Do you know what I mean by saying that? I'm going to tell your boss. I'm going to do this. You know, these things are actually laws. Whether I know it's a law or not, these are a law. Proverbs 31 talks about the virtuous woman has found or what could be found is the law of kindness on her lips. That doesn't mean that the men go, praise the Lord, they, that's a woman thing. That's all on them, man. Praise the Lord, I'm glad. No, that woman found, or we find, it said, the law of kindness on her lips and in her actions. And it said, who can find a woman of virtue? People are looking for that. 
And what is it they're looking for? We know all men look for kindness. And he said, kindness is a law. What are laws for? They're to govern things, but they also bring reward to us. They protect us. Amen. I mean, you ever had a, a, a scene of very kind mother and it's time for a child. Uh, you got the dad and the mom there and you know the mom's real kind or the dad's real kind. It's time for mercy or judgment. The child runs to the kind one. Not that there should not be rules exercised. But kindness goes a long way. That doesn't mean when we're talking about being kindness that all rules go out the window. Amen? And so, kindness is huge. And if Proverbs says it's a law, well, what are laws for? And why is it so important that when people get their driver's license, they learn all these laws? And why is it every year they'll introduce new laws, different things? Uh, supposedly, laws are for our good. But do you know that there are natural laws and there are spiritual laws? And if a natural law goes against a spiritual law, you can break that law. Somebody said, what? Yeah. Remember in the Bible, they said, no longer can you worship God. You cannot bow. You have to bow and worship this false God. Daniel said, I will not do that. Otherwise, we're to submit to the laws. For, there are, for our good. But if there, are, if there are natural laws, and there are, there are laws that are good for us. But then there are spiritual laws, and they supersede what other people think. And one is called the law of faith. And one of the governing principles of the law of faith is eventually you'll get what comes out of your mouth. I can't do it, I have no strength, whatever it is, or the Lord is on my side, He is working on my behalf, eventually that power of that law will cause God's ability to work on your behalf. If you walk around saying, I've got favor, God loves me, I will be promoted, I will go up in this life, I will not go down, Eventually, that law of faith and that principle will begin to dominate your life. But how many people don't know the law of faith and that the Bible said we are entrapped by the words of our mouth and people say, well, I'll never make it. I'll be the first one laid off. Or whatever it is, we need to realize there are spiritual laws and one of them is the law of faith. It is a law whether I practice it or not, or use it correctly. If I walk around going, well, I never hear from God, I never hear from God, I never hear from God, that's a spiritual law. And the Bible said, my sheep know my voice. What I'm doing when I use my words against God's word, I'm actually weakening my faith. I'm actually weakening my faith. Because the Bible said in Proverbs, that book of wisdom, and this is a law, that a man will be satisfied and eat of the words that come from his mouth. He will partake in life. And sometimes people are not conscious of their words, and we say things, and eventually if we say something long enough, it will start governing us. And so, it's a spiritual law. I mean, this law is so enforceable that the Bible said it's like the rudder on a ship, though it's so small, the tongue ship in a whole ship. In other words, it may take a little bit of time, but you can move a big gigantic ship in a different direction by moving the rudder. He said that's how the tongue is. And that is the law of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. 
Amen. So if you want to change your life, sometimes it takes a little bit because we've been going down a path, but it's called the law of faith. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about another law. But see, if you look at a law and start looking at a law, you go, oh wow, that law is enforceable. There are rules to that law. This is a law too. He said the law of kindness. So there are rewards for keeping laws. But then if you break a law, there are consequences. Amen? And is it that God, is it God who's doling out the consequences? Is he out there with this ticket book? All right, you've been, oh, whoa, way over the kindness law. No, he's not. It's just like gravity. It just starts working. You know, we read a scripture in Luke 6.38 about give and it will be given unto you. And other places where it says wherever and however you give, it gets given back to you, which would include giving. But in the context also, it's how judgmental, forgiving, and we could throw in the word kind we are to people. Eventually, it'll come back to you. Amen? That doesn't mean just because I'm kind to you today are you going to be kind back. But you know, the Bible said a soft answer turns away wrath. And so it does have some quick application, but in the long haul, it's a spiritual law. We don't always see it working right away. Oh, I'm being kind and nobody else is being kind, Lord. You're setting a spiritual law in motion. Just wait for it to sprout up. Just wait for it to start bringing forth its mighty harvest. But if I don't plant it, I won't get it. But notice this. Nehemiah, and I won't say that joke again. I'm teaching on kindness. Please supply these principles. Hallelujah. If you were kind, you'd give a complimentary laugh every now and then at least. Like one guy said, a thousand comedians out of job and you're trying to get a laugh. Never mind. But you, halfway through, you are God. In other words, you're almighty. You're all powerful. We know that. He knew that. But then he said, you're ready to pardon. Even though he is all powerful and could dole out some judgment, he's ready to pardon. That, isn't that sound like a legal term? A lot of our legal system, people don't know, is built out of the Bible. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, not just one witness against another, but if there are multiple witnesses, that's out of the Bible. But notice, he's ready to pardon. Well, I don't need to be pardoned if I haven't done anything wrong. But if I broke a law... I might need to be pardoned. And God is ready to pardon. Gracious, merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness. When He comes, He's loaded with kindness. Is anybody ever really taking advantage of God? That's a good question. Is anybody ever really taking advantage of God? Well, here's a question that people have. Well, if I do this, won't people take advantage of me? Ultimately, if we do this, can they? In the big picture. In the big picture. You know, in the small here and now, people think, oh, I can take advantage of God. It'll never come back. It'll never whatever. And there is an element where you can take of His kindness, but ultimately it's a spiritual, there's spiritual laws in this. Whether we know their laws or not. And if, if the Bible said that the law of kindness, this is 
in God Himself. Abundant in kindness. Humans seek this. Turn with me to Ephesians 5. Actually, on the way there, let's stop in Psalms. Psalms 119. And then we'll close over there. But kindness is a huge thing. It is worthy of us paying attention to give kindness because the world does not teach us, but this is the way of the believer. This can change the atmosphere around you. It can change the atmosphere in your home. It can change the atmosphere in, I mean, in, in church. You know, if, if we would just be nice back to a waitress who's maybe having a hard day, she might find refuge at your table that she hasn't found. At any other tables, maybe she didn't know she was the creator of the problem, but maybe she could find some kindness. Psalm 119, verse 76 says this, Let I pray your merciful kindness be for me, be for my comfort, according to your word to your servant. What he's saying is, as God spoke to him, gave him a promise, told him some different things, and through his kindness, he said, that has become a comfort to me. Do you know words that are kind to people can become a comfort to them? How about this? Wrong words toward people can become discomforting. You ever been comfortable or uncomfortable? Somebody might be saying, you know, this seat could be a little more comfortable. But right there, if you could add a little more padding, it would become more comfortable. There's two ways probably to add padding. You gain a couple pounds or grab another cushion. But then you have comfort. Are you, know what I, you know what I'm talking about? And he said, words that are kind can become a comfort. Makes me think that, that, you know, like the Bible talks about good news from a foreign land. You know, how, it, how it, it's refreshing. You know, God and who the Lord is can be like a foreign land to a lot of people. And we can give them something that would communicate comfort to them. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and we'll close with this verse. If we're a Christian, we are commanded to really be a go-between because of our personal relationship with the Lord and the world or those around us. In other words, we become a channel to them. And um, I've had some highly uh, educational conversations with people before. I'm going to let you know one right now. Doesn't drinking Pepsi out of a can taste better than drinking it out of a plastic bottle? Anybody ever had that conversation? Oh, I, more people have talked about this than the Lord. Anyway... Um, or glass bottle. See, got opinions here. I'm not trying to prove a point, but a point is being proved. People have opinions that that same drink coming through a different vessel tastes different. In other words, the vessel has an effect from Pepsi or on Pepsi. Change the words. The vessel has an effect on how God is to the world. Amen. That's good news. Somebody went, ouch. Am I a plastic bottle? Am I glass? Am I aluminum? Which one is this? Amen. <laughs> Where are we going? Ephesians 5. I was thinking about a camel pack right then. Anybody ever had a camel pack? They take them, you know, when they hike or go places. 
We are not that. Those taste bad. That's all I'm saying. We're not that vessel. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Uh, probably everybody's at a time. Boy, oh boy. Ephesians 5, and notice this in verse 1. Talking to these believers would be talking to us too. Remember, we are the one who is channeling or giving to those around us a commodity that is spiritual by nature. Even though the world may give kindness back, it's not the same as the kind we give. Just like the world can show some kind of love, but it's not the kind that's from God. Usually there's an underlying thing in their love. But notice this in Ephesians 5.1. Therefore, be imitators of God. How many times have we read three different accounts, I believe, unless I skipped one of them, how people in the Bible said, God is abundant in kindness. He has this great kindness toward people. And some people, and if you notice at the end of all those accounts, how God will just relent. And now we know who God is because we have all experienced His great mercy and kindness when we received Him. We have tasted of His great kindness. And whether we know it or not, even if our head gets confused, we do if we walk with God, He is extending kindness toward us. But He would also like to extend kindness through us. Therefore, be imitators of God. As dear children. Now I can't, I mean I know this when you're younger, if you have kids, you may experience this. You know, I don't know how it is. I don't know where they learn it. But it's probably universal. I've seen it in other countries and kids. All of a sudden, you know, somebody's doing something and the other kid starts imitating them. They go like this, the other kid goes like that. And then they go stop, and then the kid goes stop. Anybody have kids like that? Anybody have adults like that? Anyway, what are they doing? Imitating. The only reason they're imitating it is because they're seeing it. God said imitate it. Why? Because that's what He's trying to show to you. I can't imitate something that I don't have an image of or an experience of or if I think wrong about it. And if I think wrong about Him. But if He's extending kindness and I'm told to uh, imitate Him, then there should be an element of kindness that I should be passing on to the other person. I cannot imitate what is not imitatable, what is not already there. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us. And we know love is patient, love is kind. And he gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. This is a spiritual law. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. How many of you would like to eat some kindness that would bring some comfort? Well, who cares then how other people act because I know what I want to eat. I want my seat spiritually to be comfortable. So I'm going to give this whether people do or don't because I want to be able to pass on what God wants me to pass on to other people. Amen? This is going to change your 4th of July. Amen? Hallelujah. The Lord is good, isn't He?